I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation. Good evening, Lewis. Hello, Daniel. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. And a big hello to all of our new Patreon supporters, Lewis. Um, You know how last week, Lewis, was a record-breaking week for our Patreon supporters? Of course. I've already bought a Tesla. I've put a (laughs) new wine cellar in the rental. I've really been dining out on those new Patreon subscribers. (laughs) Well, it's thanks to them. Like This week is even more. 14 new Patreon subscribers. Big thank you to Tria, uh, Ryan, uh, Christy Osborne, Professor Hilary Bambrick from the Climate Council, previous fearmonger on the show, Lisette Salovich, Eleanor Booth, Dylan Joel, Matt Smith, Joseph Bays, Jacqueline Flynn, Jared Van Deek, uh, Trevlin Gilmore, Megan Vello just signed on just moments before we started the broadcast. Mark Spencer from the Climate Collective. Kerry, who is only signing up for Gabby Bolt. She insists that, you know, <laughs> we're, she insists we're okay, but Gabby Bolt is the real star of the show. <laughs> That's fair. That's absolutely fair. We'll still take the money. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And speaking <laughs> of Gabby Bolt, she's going to be performing at our Melbourne International Comedy Festival show April 11th. Well, uh, merely a week and a little bit away. We've sold over 100 seats, which means there's still 150 to go. <laughs> Because I've booked Easy. the biggest, big, booked the biggest room week. in the festival. No <laughs> one, no one books comedy more than a week out, Dan. No, that's true. That's true. That's true. Relax. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, I have a theory. Like, if we only sell like uh, 150 seats in the 250 seat venue, we can space everyone out and say it's COVID safe. You anything's a sellout in 2021. Speaking of selling out, I did a TVC this month. You might have seen me on TV. Sorry about that. Uh, sometimes you got to make money. I'm, I'm recording my end of a rational fear on Gadigal land in the Euro nation's sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra Fair Dickum, and Section 44. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. <laughs> 
Tonight, we finally unblock the sewers, but learn that our parliament is full of shits. And Australia has missed its COVID vaccine by 85%. The country hasn't messed up this much since landing on the beach at Gallipoli. And southeast Queensland comes out of a three-day lockdown, while northern New South Wales narrowly avoids an outbreak of blues and roots. It's the 2nd of April 2021. We ain't no fools. This is Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear! Welcome to Irrational Fear. I'm your host, former Australian Financial Review Senior Political Operative Dan Illich. This is Irrational Fear, the podcast that takes the scariest news stories of the week and unwisely laughs in their face. Let's meet our fear bongers for tonight. Thanks to Brisbane lockdown, our first guest can now spend less time doing stand-up comedy shows and spend more time with his beloved ride-on lawnmower. Zooming in from southeast Queensland, it's Mr. Hotspot himself, Craig Quartermain. Kaya, Wanju, good evening, everybody. And uh, yeah, don't don't talk about um, like that. <laughs> <laughs> Renee, you're right on lawnmower. Now, wait, when you <laughs> f- when you first got a right on lawnmower, did you think, God, I've made it? I did not want it in any way, and I did not want this amount of grass. And there's something that happens when you're in your late thirties, and you you look around and you. <laughs> I mowed all that, and there's just this weird pride. Just, yeah, I just became obsessed. I became one of those guys. Is that World War Two barbecuing or mowing your lawn? And I've got two of the three at the. Craig, are you part of the uh, the Facebook group, the uh, Australian uh, Lawn Enthusiasts group? Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm gonna send you this link. I followed them like three years ago for some dumb thing that we were doing on the radio. Bro, you're in the city. It was Why? a joke. But then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I grew up. I grew up in the country. I grew up on a ride-on mower, um, but uh, I don't. I don't need it now because I realise that they suck and it's work. So I'm trying to stay <laughs> as far away from that life as possible. But you should get involved in this group. It's um, passionate. I get it. I completely feel it. Absolutely, it was one of those things. Right? Never. I could never become one of those guys. Now, it's it's trying to figure out how I can do an entire acre without backtracking. It's like it's like snake. It's like a massive game of snake. Welcome back to the largest Lawns of Australia podcast. Our next guest has just hit a milestone of 8,000 Twitter followers. Was it her charm, her stand-up success, or maybe it was her constant tweets about the Suez Canal? It's Kirsty Webeck. Hello. How you going? Kirsty, welcome to the 8,000 Club. How does it feel to have 8,000 Twitter followers? Oh, it's an immense amount of stress. Like, I think it would be rivaled only by Craig having to manage that amount of lawn. Finally, it's the man that all young, up-and-coming radio broadcasters are calling the ever-given of Triple J. It's Lewis Hobber. That's true. I am, I am too big and no one can get rid of me. <laughs> uh, coming up a little later on, we'll be giving Kamal a call. After years of research, he's finally gotten the answer to why so many people are so unkind, and the answer will surprise you. But first, here's a message from our sponsor. The rules of federal parliament are changing. From April 1st, 2021, some behaviour will now be quietly condemned. Whether that's accidentally, quote, assaulting a silly drunk girl or just wanking on a desk... The consequences of your actions could now be enforced with serious, thinly-veiled threats. Like, you could lose your portfolio, lower the chances of pre-selection, maybe, or possibly even getting a telling-off by a state premier. 
That's why the Prime Minister's Prime Minister for Female Complaints is introducing Knobkeeper. Knobkeeper provides relief for your upstanding member. Knobkeeper supports knobs with fully paid leave, so you can spend more time with your family, if you still have one, before coming back and fulfilling your promise to the Australian people while collecting $200,000 a year. Or your fully paid leave can be used to brief a team of lawyers so you can sue a trusted journalist who never mentioned your name for defamation. But remember, if you're not sure whether that upskirting photo or dick pic is appropriate, check with Jenny first. Jenny has a way of clarifying things. Knobkeeper, a helping hand for our big swinging dicks. Authorised by Irrational Fear on behalf of the Australian Gropement, Canberra. First fear this week, Australia has missed its targets for vaccination. Now, I'm not saying that they've, um, you know, injected everyone in their eyeballs. No, the state and federal governments have only vaccinated 600,000 people missing the target set by the PM some months ago of 4 million, which is basically missing it by 85%, which is huge. The federal government has updated the target to 4 million by the end of April. In order to achieve that, they'll need to do the equivalent of 121,000 shots a day. And with music festivals cancelled, there's still even less opportunity to double up with other drugs. Fearmongers, how can the government meet their goal of 4 million doses by the end of April? Lewis? Well, I mean, first of all, uh, I think anyone who's ever listened to this podcast knows that uh, we, we're pretty in glass houses when it comes to laughing at someone for only doing 15% of the expected job. <laughs> so I want to be very clear in that as an Australian, I think we can all relate to that achievement. You, However, do you, think, do, do you think this is going to embol- do you think this is going to uh, big up the, the the government in the eyes of regular Australians because like, oh, you know, they're bludging. I'm a bludger. Yeah, I totally That's get right. it. That's right. I think they'll just be like, why didn't you get to four million? And they're like, oh, mate, Easter long weekend. Uh, we knocked off pretty early on Thursday. We'll be back Tuesday, but, you know, Tuesday's a short week, so really we're looking at maybe April 12. And I think most people can look at that and go, sure, I, can, I, I back that. Kirsty, is this a big concern for you, not being able to get the shot sooner? Oh, uh, not necessarily for me, but I, I think someone should get it. <laughs> like, give it to, give it uh, to someone. <laughs> bleeding hearts over here. Give it to someone. <laughs> I reckon, though, that what they need to do is train up all of the musicians that are out of work at the moment. Get them giving the jab out. Everyone who was supposed to play Blues Fest, retrain them as a, uh, as, a, as a nurse or doctor. Absolutely. And, well, I mean, they could go to medical school for eight years and they'd be right up to speed in time. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, you're in, the, you're in the hot spot of, uh, of southeast Queensland. You know, three cases. Um, how are you coping? I couldn't be further away from everyone, so it's pretty good. It's not that bad. And <laughs> Queenslanders have this really I'm – I'm from Western Australia. Queensland has this very weird aggressive exception, a case of um, – you know, they hear about this stuff. Oh, we got to wear a mask. Ah, fucking, yeah, all right. And then that's it. That's as far as <laughs> the anger goes. And they move on. It's, been, it's, been, it's been great. The response has been great. And um, you know, But it's just interesting for me because, uh, yeah, they're still not giving them out. We're trying to lift, lift it. I mean, it's amusing for me. I ran 10K yesterday. I'm in pretty good nick. But just because I'm Indigenous and nearly 40, I get the vaccine before any of you motherfuckers. It's hilarious. (laughs) As far as getting up uh, vaccinations, I don't know. Maybe you got – 
you got to show a certificate or something. Like the only way you can watch Married at First Sight is if you get the jab or some shit like that. But just <laughs> it's crazy that something this important, yeah, is that far behind a piece of shit show like that. I actually love that idea, Craig. I think if you told everyone that it was lip filler instead of uh, like it, this is the Pfizer lip filler and then you just like we just need to test it out on your arm and then once... It's, think of it as Botox, but for your uh, for your bicep. Yeah. Irrational fear. When you were in politics, a group of male politicians who called themselves the Swinging Dicks sought to block your career aspirations. I believe it was big swinging dicks. So there was obviously an overexcited imagination on the part of some. I would suggest a rational fear. This week's second fear, ladies, lock up your tradies because they could have rabies or worse, COVID-19. In perhaps the most Australian of COVID-19 stories, a Gold Coast tradie who works part-time as a stripper, most recently at a hen's night in Byron Bay, has been linked to the Queensland hospital cluster that sparked the latest lockdown. Uh, You know, he's actually updated his routine. He now plays, um, performs to Joe Cocker's hit, You Can Leave Your Mask On. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No. Thank you. I, I've, got, I've got two shakes of the head and one one, yeah. one sympathy nod from you, Kirsty. You have no way of physically keeping us at this podcast, Dan. I will walk. I will walk. <laughs> it's easy to blame the NBN and smoke out. It's easy. Uh, I, I reckon if Kamal wasn't coming on a little bit later, you all would have walked. Uh, fear, fear mongers. Uh, are stripper tradies essential workers, Craig? Uh I think so. I think for a bit, of, it's really weird because this is the thing. My mum was supposed to come up and visit and this guy being like, this is the whole scare that stopped because, you know, mum's in her late 60s. She was supposed to come up and because of this case, uh, she didn't make it into Queensland. She's going to stay out in Victoria. And it's uh, not no, because no, of, well, not because she's scared of COVID, because she, she's worried she can't get a lap dance now. <laughs> <laughs> she likes her oily booty. But um, no, it's, you got to, The thing is, you hear the you, you hear stereotypes and you hear all these sort of ridiculous stories. Then you spend one night in the Gold Coast. You're like, yeah, nah, this makes sense. It's totally. <laughs> the tradie has such this iconic uh, stranglehold on 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 Australian culture. Do you think this has done any damage to the icon of a, of the tradie, Kirsty? No, absolutely not. Like, if anything, the part of the story that I'm most fixated on is that he went to visit his nana and I'm like, he's a good boy. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that that part of the story. That's great. Deeply moved. I I think if anything he's uh, he's increased uh, their standing in the community, definitely in in my opinion. I love him. As with all COVID things, it's always funny until it's not. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Byron Bay outbreak because uh, I don't know how much time you've spent around there, but... Trying to get them to wear masks is going to be, it's going to be like feeding a toddler vegetables. Like it is going to be one of the toughest challenges in human history. If you told them that wearing a mask was cultural appropriation though, they'd probably do it. <laughs> if you connected it to an Indian headdress, you mean, a yeah, Native that, American headdress rather. That's right, yeah. Everyone in Coachella's wearing masks, man. Everyone's got, it's, it's traditional Navajo dress. I can't believe you're digging the boots into people that have just been robbed of Xavier Rudd, you pair of pricks. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you? They've been through enough. God. We've only had 
20 chances a year for the last 20 years to catch him. Yes. <laughs> oh, Irrational fear. Stuart Robert, he resigns from the Turbo Ministry for breaching ministerial code in 2018, accepts 100,000 Rolex watches from a Chinese billionaire, gives a parliamentary speech written by a property developer, pays $38,000 for home internet, and says my bad when he incorrectly blames cyber attack for Centrelink going down last year. How does this bloke get more responsibility in your reshuffle? When someone does a good job like that, they show that they can take on responsibility. They can get things done for Australians. A rational fear. This week's third fear. In Scientology news now, apparently Australia's become a tax haven for the Church of Scientology. It enjoys tax-exempt status in Australia, whereas in other countries like the UK, it actually has to pay tax. So the Australian arm of the not-for-profit church between 2013 and 2019 has made a profit of $65.4 million, uh, which is insane. The church makes a profit of about 30%, more than companies on the Australian stock went on the Australian Stock Exchange. When it comes to per churchgoer, it has made $102,000 per churchgoer, whereas the Catholic Church has only made $5,600 per head. Uh, now the total assets in Australia from the Church of Scientology totals $326 million. It kind of makes sense, you know, with all these celebrities coming here to make these films, I guess. Fearmongers, to what extent does this make the Church of Scientology appealing to you? Kirsty? Is this exciting for you? Yeah, I, I signed up today after I read the article. Um, <laughs> allegedly, they're, they're, well, they're claiming that they're putting all of that money into properties uh, in which they can carry on their religious teachings. And I just want to get inside those properties. <laughs> like, they'll be palaces. I want to see what's happening in there. Yeah. I want to swim in the in infinity pool. <laughs> I don't know if you saw, there's a photo of the headquarters in Chatswood in Sydney. It used to be a campus of the University of Technology, Sydney, but now the Church of Scientology has bought it. They bought an entire university campus and turned it into their Australian headquarters. It's, in, it's incredible. I think, um, like, the big difference when you start thinking of the Catholic Church and Scientology, apart from Thetans, is I think, you know, you look at all of the money that the Catholic Church has and uh, uh, there's so obviously there's a lot of bad, and uh, and let's all just accept that and park it. But if you're looking for the positives, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of songs, there's a lot of art. You can go and see some sculptures. You can pop into you know you can go to Rome and wander around and have a look. You like uh, they're ostentatious with their wealth in a way that you can go. I can see where my money's going. Whereas I feel like Scientology missed that trick. I would love to be able to go and see you know, the modern version of Da Vinci's David where it's just a tiny little statue of Tom Cruise with his dick out. You know, I feel like there's there's room out there. I, I feel like they dropped all their money on surveillance equipment. <laughs> That's their art. Yeah, they don't have any big gold statues. I'm with Percy though. As far as a career move... <laughs> Why not? What as a as a struggling comedian like myself? Why wouldn't you sign up with science? I think they take less than most managers. <laughs> <laughs> you can't argue with the results. Let, let's get them to produce our comedy festival shows in 2022 <laughs> and just take it from there. Yeah, fuck. All I need is a stool, and they, keep, <laughs> and they always manage to make it expensive. But um, as far as religions go, let's be honest, it's not the weirdest one. Name the weirdest one. <laughs> uh, Luke, where do we start? 
Magic, this magic underpants is a dude that rose after three days. It's like, well, you can just keep going. And in a perspective, though, all of these religions are like 2,000 years old. That's hilarious to me anyway. Um, I don't know. Just yeah, if, if, you're looking for, if you're looking for capital gains, yeah, Scientology. Fuck it. Why not? They actually, like looking at this article, they actually structure it like how Google and Facebook and Apple all offshore their money. They give out loans to the other international arms of the business and then they charge – almost like franchise fees and licensing fees back to the other parts of the business. And so you kind of got this aggregate. It's like Australia is a place where they're like, they're storing the wealth of the entire church um, because other tax, other tax jurisdictions mean that the tax, the, the money will go to, will go to tax, will go to governments. It's, it's Are you proposing clever. a heist? Because I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Irrational fear! All right, let's do Hang On A Sec now. Now, this week's Hang On A Sec comes from Sky News Australia. Apparently, Gina Reinhart has launched a joke book. Uh, yeah, has Gina Reinhart has launched a joke book. I'm going to play the news story. Uh, at, any point you, at any point you want to chime in, just say, hang on a second, I'll stop the tape. They say laughter is the best medicine, and mining magnate Gina Reinhart wants more of it to be shared. These little bits of... Hang on a second. Yeah. What... What does, like, before we even get to the insanity of this idea, that introduction makes no sense. She's not a doctor, so to say laughter is the best medicine, like, in what way is that even an appropriate introduction for a mining magnate? I'd have thought, like, you'd have gone something like, every comedian's looking for the gold and Gina's <laughs> dug up heaps of it or something, you know what I mean? Like, I haven't really thought about it, but I wouldn't have gone with medicine. Sorry, I love that exactly the point where you stopped and she looks like a witch. <laughs> These little bits of, um, you know, humour to hopefully bring some smile to faces. She began gathering jokes and stories for friends in hospital. Now they've been put together into a book to bring moments of joy to those who need it most. People in this book, you know... Can I, can I jump in there? Kirsty, would you have done the corporate? <laughs> 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 How much does it pay? Who's booking it? Probably, probably a ridiculous amount. <laughs> Look, I would have emceed it. I wouldn't have done a set. Craig, you would have been one of the prime candidates to do the corporate as a former person who worked in the mines themselves, surely. Look, okay, so I have taken dirty mining money several times, uh, but in my defence, when I did feel guilty about making money of digging up my ancestral home, I bought myself a really nice pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Um, no, honestly, mining gigs in WA, they pay so much. And it's after seeing this video and seeing who's present, and that is basically a junket and that sky, I'm pretty confident would be the only people reporting on it because they own half of that station. Um, yeah, I can't even imagine what the hell the MC got paid just to turn up and do that. And they're just... It's just because you grind their bones to make your bread doesn't mean you know how to make kids laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start the tape. They may have died, but I think they have left us with things that are highly relevant for today. It's a project close to her heart. Gina Reinhart's Cambodian daughters designed the book cover. Hang on a second. Where... Is this journalist currently? Because it seems to me like she's in an empty pub. Is that is that the launch? I think is that, the launch just the journalist and Gina Reinhardt in an empty pub? 
Sky News for all the money and everything they have pumped into it, all of their journos in regional states. So if that's in Perth or wherever it is, a lot of them are just VJ. So it's just the journalist and their camera. She's probably filming that herself. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Lewis, you're fan. Oh. Don't, don't try to make me feel sorry for a Sky News journalist. <laughs> I'm not trying to. Yeah, Lewis. <laughs> Fuck them. They know exactly what they signed up for, evil pricks. <laughs> there are options as VJs. The magic of technology connecting speakers and guests. Those from Parliament House, the Royal Flying Doctor Service and Paspali attending virtually to share their favourite job. Hang on a sec. So uh, the Royal Flying Doctors, journalists, people in Parliament House and Paspali, the... The, the the pearl company. Oh, that that like pearl company. <laughs> yeah. What what are they? Huh. What what's going on there? Why is Paspali launching a joke book? I imagine she's one of she'd just be one of their biggest customers. When you have a lot of pearls to clutch, <laughs> you need to constantly be updating your pearl collection. It's incredible. And quotes. If you want something uh, said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. Yeah. Guests say laughter is desperately Hang on needed. A sec. Is Gina plugging this up as her own? Or she's no. just literally gone on like Wikipedia jokes she, and stolen them. She has. Like you wouldn't, you'd, you'd be failed for this at university. No, she, she absolutely has. And she's like taken memes from people's emails and put them in the book. Like there, <laughs> there's one in there saying, um, uh, with a mum pointing to a girl saying, listen here, little girl, if you, you've got to stop lying, otherwise you'll become an ABC journalist. Like that's, that's one of the jokes of the book. They're, they're like right-wing <laughs> shit posts put in book form to give Cambodian children some joy. <laughs> and that 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 jab at the ABC is really going to um, bring a smile to the face of someone in hospital. In an era of political correctness. <laughs> Keeping warm and enjoying the laughs. I mean, who doesn't need a laugh right now? Seriously. Gina is a woman of the world, literally, and she's a great friend and I just admire what she's <laughs> Hang on a second. Where does Bronwyn Bishop think the rest of women come from? <laughs> Definitely not the world. Whatever, whatever planet, whatever planet Bronwyn Bishop's from. <laughs> who knows? I was born in a helicopter flying from Melbourne to Geelong, so I was not really of the world. I was of the sky. All profits from jokes and joys are going to the Cambodian Children's Fund, Shine Awards, the Royal Flying Doctor Service, and Country Women's Association. Gabriella Power, Sky News. And you can get a book, copy of that book from somewhere uh, and it helps all those kids. Good on them. That's nice. Very good. <laughs> oh. I mean, like, yeah, obviously all the money that goes to the kids, the better. But how much do you reckon that money, how much do you think that book will make compared to how quickly she could have just given them the money? It's going to make like, yeah, it's going to make like 600 bucks. Like that's, that's all it's going to make. I tried to look for a link to buy the book and you can't get the link anywhere. Like maybe she's trying to sell it you know, to her workers or something. I don't know. Gina needs the Scientologists to um, manage this book distribution. Do you guys uh, have your own jokes for a Gina Reinhardt's joke book? <laughs> I, I've written a couple. Um, uh, knock, knock. Who's there? 200. 200 who? 200 Korean workers on 457 visas working 84 hours a week at $16 an hour to build Roy Hill Iron Ore Mine. Hey! <laughs> well, I feel like you could... You could get brevity if you were just like, funniest joke, tax, end of book. <laughs> Irrational fear. Oh, uh, G'day, Daryl, it's lighting here. Is Kamal coming up uh, next, is he? Yes, he is. Well, could you ask him to smile so we can see uh, him? A lot of people may have thought that that was in terribly bad taste. Well, it was. 
This is Irrational Fear. Joining us now is a man known to Irrational Fear diehard fans. Here's Kamal. Welcome back to Irrational Fear, Kamal. Thank you. Glad to be with you. Now, last week uh, during some press for Dancing with the Stars, Daryl Summers lamented that Hey Had Saturday wasn't on TV anymore because of cancel culture, which meant you couldn't get away with good, clean fun. Then a guy on Twitter, John Patterson, published a clip uh, from Hey Hey of yourself being bullied and it went absolutely viral on Twitter. You're huge on Twitter now. You, you love Twitter. What did you make of that clip and seeing that old footage again? Uh, well, uh it doesn't take much imagination to work out. It was it was a bully. It was uh, humiliating and degrading. Uh, given that the week after I was going to be at Carnegie Hall to do my second concert, it was uh, it, it was uh, I don't know whether it was an intent, intended insult, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it it could have been a little kinder. I thought. What did you think when you kind of saw this thing going around again? No, uh, look, what what really happened, I think, uh, is that uh, when Harry Connick Jr. appeared on the show and uh, and there was a cartoon that they waste Kamal, the next day Channel 7 turned up wanting to know uh, what I thought of the skit. And uh, and they wanted to know if it was racist. I said, no, not really. I mean, if you really want to talk about who's racist, I am more racist than Hey Hey Saturday, meaning in the real sense, I was brought up in, in Malaysia as a Sri Lankan, Malaysian-born Sri Lankan. And uh, we had prejudices and racism of our own. I mean, uh, the the whiter you are, the better you are. The darker you are, the worse you are. In fact, my family stopped me from playing cricket because it was the sun would make me darker. But we have uh, weird kind of prejudices uh, in uh, in Asian countries as well, so the uh, I think maybe uh, the reason I mean I'm trying to work out why it was necessary for them to to humiliate me, and I think it was a form of a tall poppy syndrome because it was my second concert there, and I think I told them that Bob Hope was going to introduce me, and uh, yeah, it was it was trying to their way of dealing with the tall poppy and especially a black tall poppy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I noticed Daryl Summers has never performed at uh, Carnegie Hall. Not even once, I don't think. No, but then on, on the on the contrary, I think he's a he's a very very talented man. You know, I mean, I, I you know I I really don't know uh, because at the moment there have been all sorts of uh, negative and positive comments. In there, there was a lady who's a program manager of a radio station said that, uh, you know, why, what the fuss that I was talking about because I was being powdered every time I appeared on the lily pad. I don't know who this person is, but, uh, but she claims she's the program manager. I mean, that, that's, that's rubbish. I, I had a wonderful time on, on, on the big day out. And Sahara Herald uh, was in charge, and my friend Doug Pond put me on there year after year for nearly nine years. So we are getting this weird reaction to, to, to this thing. Yeah. I, I, I remember watching Hey Hey as a kid and seeing it at the lily pad. I think the lily pad was uh, an amazing part of your career. <laughs> yeah. I, in fact, uh, you, I, when I find out who this lady is, you can tell her. Maybe, obviously, she never attended it. Maybe, maybe she wasn't even born there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think we, I'm getting sort of crazy claims in 
at the same time, there was one, oh, uh, there was a guy who says, he said, I'm 32 years old, but he said, oh, my mother is still hot about you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there's some wonderful, uh, beautiful children <laughs> from and very funny ones as well. <laughs> uh, you should have seen um, Kirsty Webex tweets when she found out she was being, she was going to be on the show with you, Kamal. Uh, Kirsty, uh, do you have anything to say to Kamal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a huge fan, Kamal. And when I told my parents I was coming on the podcast with you, they were adamant that I was to tell you that they're massive fans and they've loved every single thing you've ever done. Well, you know, I think I think I think they had they have good taste anyway, especially in having a daughter like you. <laughs> you gem. <laughs> you know, I, I I really you know the thing is in a way. This, this has been a, you know, uh, sort of a disguised form of blessing. I mean, I've, I haven't had this much reaction, a positive, 90% percentage, uh, percent, uh, positive in in my 86 years of, uh, oh, not 86, I'm 86 years old now, but uh, I started doing this 64 years ago. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's amazing. 64 years in show business and still going. That is such staying power. <laughs> it's really great. It's the good taste of the Australian audience. Come on, can I can I ask? Uh, like I, because I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch Hey Hey when it was on. It was not really in my uh, not quite my time. But uh, watching watching that clip that I I did see today last week uh, was horrifying, and I could only imagine what it was like for you to to see it again and to to think about. All of that again, but what did you, uh, if you don't mind me asking, think about like when uh, Daryl Summers apologised? Did that because um, obviously you would have known him for a long time. What did you think of that? No, I mean, I, I suppose uh, you know he was the host of the show. I mean, he he could have, uh, you know, what what I what I, I I didn't mind so much the 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 hit in the face with the powder with the white powder, but what did disappoint me more than anything else is the fact. They didn't bother to make a little bit of a fuss that what I was doing next week in, in New York with with uh, uh, doing a show for the second time. That I don't know whether it's a twelve puppy syndrome or what it is. That um, I don't know, you know. Uh, so that's the, I'm more interested in that than being hit in the face with it. I, I wouldn't have my mind in taking the hit, provided they give you know balanced it with some uh, generous reporting. Sorry, it's Craig here. I grew up in Kununurra in the East Kimberley of Western Australia. You were the first brown guy I ever saw on TV as well. Just being an Indigenous Australian, it was just nice to see someone different on that show. That was the only thing we could watch because we had one channel. And for you to go through all this right now, I'm really interested to know, though, are you surprised that people are shocked that there was racism in those periods where you were on TV? Isn't that reaction the most amusing part? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, racism or uh, the prejudice of any kind, you've got to be carefully taught. If you ever saw the movie South Pacific, you know, uh, we are we are not born racist, I think, you know, uh, but I think we have to be carefully taught. And uh, we believe a lot of things that are untrue. You know, we uh, we as a human beings, we, we grew up believing the earth was flat. It took us years, thousands of years to find out it is a sphere. And similarly, there are a lot of things 
uh, let's say, you know, in politics and religion, especially religion, there are 4,000 or 400, uh, 4,500 religions. But there's only one God. And uh, I have my own uh, view of what it is. And at the end of the day, what really matters is truth. To be true to yourself. I mean, even if you have to tell a few fibs, but uh, be true to yourself. Hello? (laughs) Sorry, we're all just um, taking a moment to... Think, ponder your words of wisdom, I'll be Kamal. honest, Kamal, your voice is so iconic. There's a huge part of me that's still like, I, I feel like it's an impression. I feel like it's not really you, but yeah. I, I'm taking that as well. But uh, yeah, just such an iconic voice. It's crazy to be talking to you. I was just thinking about all the fibs I've told lately. <laughs> um, Kamal, thank you so much for joining us on Irrational Fear. You've always been uh, a great part of our show from episode one you, you were on our show. Okay, by the way, by the way. What 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 do you consider a rational fear? What can I be afraid of? Uh, well, the, the, the name irrational fear stems from the idea that the media is making us scared of things all the time and often all the wrong things. And irrational fear is a name that implies that there is something you should be scared of the media is not talking about, which is what things we talk about on this show, which is mostly climate change. That's the big thing we, we talk about all the okay. time. I mean, I think we should only be afraid of untruth, not the truth. Disinformation. Yeah, misinformation, yeah. Anyway, thank you for having me on. Kamal, it's great to be with you. Do you, do you, have, any, um, do you have any shows coming up? Do you want to plug? Yeah, in fact, uh, there's an, uh, kind of an anniversary in Liverpool. I'm doing like two, doors, uh, two shows one day apart. And uh, it's, it's near, you know, it's, it's a whole lot of uh, uh, retired uh, you know, senior citizens. So I'm looking forward to that. I, I I can't tell you exactly what it is. It's two shows. One is a, two days apart. Excellent. A big thanks to all of our guests for tonight. Craig Quartermain, Kirsty Webeck, Lewis Hobber. Uh, do you guys have anything to plug? Craig, will you get to do any comedy festival shows coming up? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Oh, no, that's the only reason I'm here, bro, because i got nothing to plug. No, that's not true. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, yeah, look, just keep an eye out. I've got a new show called Historically Accurate. Uh, I've planned Earth runs and Sydney runs and Melbourne runs, and they've just all come unstuck because of COVID. But the show is called Historically Accurate. It's my latest hour. I'm very, very happy with it. And, um, yeah, yeah don't, be, don't, be, don't be cowards. Come and watch. Uh, Kirsty Webeck, what have you got to plug? You've got a few shows coming up. I do indeed. So I have a show called Takasiki opening on April 6th in Melbourne for the Comedy Festival. And it, uh, it's 14 shows from the 6th to the 18th. And it's on at 6.10pm each night at Comedy Republic. Come along. Also, follow me on social media. I'm really good at it. <laughs> oh, I should have said media too, damn it. <laughs> you can. You're still on, mate. I remember... The, um, Craig, when uh, you came to uh, Tassie with us for Triple J and uh, did some comedy, and your clip that you did was so successful that they took um, it down. That it basically like did they they did they take it down? Three million views. ABC Comedy went under, and so did my and my video. I only just got oh. that, I only just got it back. Yeah, yeah. So I blew up. You're kidding me. Tucked away. If I may, and inject something. Uh, slightly sober. Are you prepared for it? Go for it, Kamal. These are the few words that uh, sustained Nelson Mandela for 27 years in prison. 
It's a poem called Invictus. Goes something like this: Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody, but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the sprawl. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. That was amazing. Thank you so much, Kamal. Thank you so much, Craig Quartermain. Thank you so much, Kirsty Webeck. Thank you so much, Lewis Hobber. We've got shows at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, April 11th. Big thanks to Road Mics, the Bertha Foundation, Patreon supporters, the Discord crew for jokes and ideas and articles. Big thanks to Dave Bluestein, Kate Holdsworth, Killian David, voiceover this week from uh, Bronwyn Morgan. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. And um, Kamal, do you have a catchphrase you want to end the show on? Hey, what was that? Why are people so unkind? <laughs> no, why so many people are so unkind? Why Thank you. so many people are so unkind? Thank you very much. That's the right, that's the right statement. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night. Thanks, Kamal. Thank you.